0: No matter what kind of day you end up having, like you're in the water, you're in the sun, you're like, you're moving your body, but you can dictate like how hard you want to go. It's such an individual sport. And like, really, for me, it's such a like meditative experience.
1: Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited about today's episode. We are talking to my friend Riley about her experience with surfing. This is something I'm totally stoked on. I think you are all going to love it. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to get some housekeeping stuff done. If you are interested in getting free stickers, Let us know. You can shoot us a DM or drop us an email at inhernaturepod at gmail.com. If you are one of the people that filled out a Google form for them and haven't received your stickers yet, do let us know and we'll get those over to you as soon as we can. The first round is on us. We just ask that you would rate and review us wherever you listen and also share the episode with a friend or someone that might be interested. We would really appreciate that. So before we get into the episode today, one more thing we wanted to kind of introduce to everyone is if you're celebrating a goal or have tips after an episode or maybe have an experience that could help someone else out, let us know. We'd love to do a little intro bit where we get to celebrate what our community is up to, what people are doing. Um, I think that'd be a really unique way to kind of build community over here. So yep, Instagram DM, email, the whole shebang. You can let us know and we'd love to give you a shout out over here. Before we jump into our surfing content, we wanted to do our classic disclaimer, we're not the professionals, take our advice with a grain of salt, um, advocate for yourself to get the whole story, and maybe talk to a professional if you need to. So we also wanted to talk about the um, loss that the Hawaiian Islands are dealing with right now after the wildfires in Maui. So we're really thinking about them right now. Riley listed some great resources that people can turn to to help if they feel like they really want to give back, we would really highly encourage that. They are in our show notes. So again, we would really encourage everyone to help out where they're able. The other thing we wanted to touch base on is it's important to acknowledge that there's a really rich history with surfing well before it became the activity it is now. Um, I think if we learn about the history that came before us, the better stewards we can be of the sport going forward. So I listened to the TED Talk, The Complicated History of Surfing by Scott Leiterman. Although this is not spoken from someone um, that is indigenous to the Hawaiian Islands, I do think it provides really good context to kind of like a starting point to learn more. Surfing is usually looked at as like a really simple, beautiful sport, and it is, but there's way more depth to it. And there's a lot of kind of ties to colonialism and all this stuff that's really heavy. And I think it's really important to acknowledge There's way more to the story than we see day to day. And if we learn these things, it will make us better going forward and have an appreciation for the people that have experienced it. We talk about this in the episode, but Riley and I touch on we are two white women talking about surfing and Hawaiian culture and stuff. And that just doesn't totally feel authentic. And so definitely turn to those voices that um, are able to shed some light on the history of surfing and also just how we can help Maui going forward. Thanks for sticking with, with us through this intro. We're really excited about the episode with Riley. I think you know. Okay, Riley, thanks so much for being here on In Her Nature. Um, we are so excited to talk today about surfing. I feel so grateful that we were able to make this work because it's dark here and it's light there and I'm just, I'm so hyped to finally do this. So thanks for being here.
0: No, I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you and I've been watching you do all of these and I'm so grateful to be on this episode and that you want to chat with me.
1: So I oh can't. Oh my gosh, wait. of course. Um Riley did our amazing logo. So like you guys just need to know that right away that she's the <laughs> brilliant mind behind our logo. Anyway, um Riley, how's your summer been? What's been keeping you busy? What's up? It's
0: been great. Um busy surfing, busy working. Um, It's kind of crazy that it's almost over, went by so fast. But
1: when you live in Hawaii,
0: it's kind of also like,
1: you know, summer all the time. So (laughs) 24-7. Okay, that brings us to a good point. Where are you calling? Where are you calling in from? Riley, where's home right now for you?
0: I'm phoning in from Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah, I've been here for almost three years now, which is absolutely crazy to me.
1: That's so cool. I remember when we were sitting in the kitchen and you were like, "I think I'm going to move there." I was like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. No, but amazing. Could,
0: yeah. It feels like yesterday. Oh my god. I yeah. was so scared to tell you guys.
1: <laughs> it worked out just fine, don't worry. Okay, Riley, um we're so hyped today. We're going to talk about surfing. Um you obviously live in Hawaii, so you have amazing access to amazing places. Um before we get into it, we wanted to talk a little bit about obviously what's going on a Maui before we jump into this like lighthearted fun episode obviously like a huge tragedy happened last week and we would love to just like quickly talk about like what we can do to help and kind of like how we can be of value to you guys
0: yeah absolutely I mean thankfully it's gotten a lot of coverage which is great but it is kind of a surreal thing to be here and being experiencing Um, you know the island that I'm on was not affected at all but we're we're so close to our neighbors and that you know if it affects one island everybody kind of jumps in to help the best way right now to support is honestly just monetary donations there was a huge influx of in-kind donations which was amazing to see and definitely needed but uh, Maui really just needs monetary stability not more stuff so uh, Maui United Way is a great place to donate maui strong community fund is helping direct families it's it's a great spot Um, there's also an excel sheet which i'll share with you that has direct families information that you can just go down and and support you know people directly so it's been a tough week for sure but you know we're all standing with lahaina and standing with maui and just doing what we can over here
1: yeah absolutely um i remember one of the first like surf shops that i saw in lahaina was i like walked in there and i talked to the owner for like 45 minutes and to see that that surf shop is like completely gone obviously like i had such a teeny tiny experience there but it still just like impacted me like just the conversation we had was so cool and really like honestly made me fall in love with the community of people that just like love to surf um so i'm so excited to talk to you about that today and just like focus on something that brings everyone a lot of joy. So thank you for keeping us updated on that. And we'll link, obviously, everything um, on our end. So without further ado, okay, so Riley, I want to talk about how did you get into surfing and what's been your experience with it so far?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, I, I didn't move to Hawaii until after college. So it was always something that I was so impressed by I grew up a skier so you know nowhere even close to being able to surf um but I was always watch like surf docs or like surf films um and just like think it was the coolest thing ever and always just be like how can I make that part of my life and it felt like so far-fetched um and yeah it really wasn't until kind of covid that things switched for me but I went so I went to Hawaii one time before moving here to visit one of my best friends who was going to school out here and I surfed a couple times on that like week trip I was so bad like so horrible but I was so so stoked to just be like there and doing it and like even remotely close to the concept of surfing and then the second time I surfed was in like Michigan which again, I was horrible. It was cold. And, you know, the waves were two feet tall. But again, I was like, still just happy to be there. And like, even those two, like baby connections to this thing that I had been so inspired by was like, really cool for me. And then yeah, once I moved here, it really became a mission of mine to kind of have it be integrated into my lifestyle. And I was like, well, this is my chance. Like, you know, I've been so... Crazy that I was even, you know, here, and I was like, "This is this is my time." So yeah, I started pretty much right when I got out here, and just put in my time, and would just go almost every day, and um, now I'm very lucky to live really close to some of the best breaks in the world, and um, have it be a big part of my life. So it's a crazy, crazy curve. Whenever I tell people I'm from Wisconsin, they're like, "What? Like?" why
1: <laughs> like, what do you mean why what are
0: you here? yeah yeah so that's kind of how I started again like was a full-blown adult once I started and I'll get into that a little bit but that was the most humbling experience that was so funny to to learn this like new hobby as an adult but something that yeah I loved
1: Oh, that's so cool! I love that you have surfed in freshwater and saltwater because, yeah, I feel like it's kind of rare that you get people that have done both. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even consider what I did in freshwater surfing.
1: I think I was like floating
0: in the water,
1: <laughs> bobbing, bobbing yeah. up and down.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like standing there. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So amazing. That kind of like does lead us into the next thing we wanted to talk about, which is like the styles of surfing. So you see these like beautiful long borders, you see short boards, there's like different styles of surfing, like big wave and stuff like that. So could you just briefly explain like the different styles of surfing and which one you resonate with right now?
0: I'm a longboarder, so I definitely resonate with kind of like the smooth, groovy style of surfing, but that's not to say that shortboarding isn't great as well. Um, to kind of like give a little bit of context so longboarding is considered anything eight foot and up, and shortboard is eight and below. So shortboards, you have more maneuverability um a little bit more power quicker turns better for bigger waves so I think kind of what people probably picture when they think of surfing is like you know big waves big turns lots of power kind of like this like sometimes macho energy longboarding and especially in Hawaii longboarding has such a you know a long history here so that's definitely my favorite kind um not to say that you can't charge big waves on a longboard, you definitely can, but yeah, you just have a little bit more fluidity, um, it's a little bit more kind of graceful, you can kind of play around on the board a little bit more. Yeah, so I, I have a 9.4 board, but I started on, you know, a wave storm eight oh Costco special.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that, because it's kind of a little bit of a rite of passage, I feel like a little bit, but... I want to get into some of like the beginner things. So surfing is not like the most beginner friendly or beginner welcoming sport. There's a limited amount of waves available and right. that kind of creates like a scarcity mindset sometimes. Even when you live in like a most like an incredible beautiful surf break. So because of that, it's like very intimidating to get into surfing. Can we kind of break down some of the lingo or like things that would be really helpful to know as a beginner. So like when we talk more in depth about other things, there's some context for what's going on.
0: Yeah, it definitely can be intimidating. I think most people don't feel natural in the water. There's different types of boards, longboard versus shortboard. People will talk about maybe like the rocker, which is just kind of the amount of curvature on your board when you're looking at the profile. But like basic stuff, just like, you know, the lineup is pretty straightforward. That's just the kind of the the zone where people are on their boards waiting for the wave to come. The channels are kind of where you would want to paddle back out once you catch a wave. So I kind of like to think about your surf zone as like a square. So the top face will be the lineup where people are waiting You're going to be surfing down towards the bottom of the square and then your two sides are kind of like where you, the safe zone, like where you want to be paddling back out to get to the lineup. Usually at a break, um, there'll be a channel on either side where it's a little bit more calm. The waves aren't hitting as hard. So if you feel like, oh my God, I need a breather, like that was intense, trying to, you know, get into the channel and um, save yourself some paddle work. But. Yeah, I mean, just kind of like as any sport, I feel like there's lots of lingo, there's lots of jargon that can seem really intimidating, um, but most of the time, you know, people just think they're cool sounding and want to be impressive, and like, it's it's pretty, it's common sense, you know, as long, just don't hit anybody, don't yeah. get hit, you're good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's sometimes some other things that are helpful to know, but that's the big one. Like, don't, I think it's hard to picture sometimes, like, spatially where you are compared to other people and the wave. So, I, I, one thing that was hard for me at first was like, do you know, like, if a wave was coming, where would you end up? So, like, it's, you need to kind of think about like, what way is my board positioned? You don't want your board to be like, parallel with the wave you want to be perpendicular with it you know so it's stuff like that where it's like little things that if you aren't really like self-aware can kind of end up to you hitting someone (laughs) you're like it won't be me but then it might be
0: yeah no I think in the beginning it's a lot of like spatial awareness and just being aware of not only what the waves are doing but what how close you are to people also like you know, boards are big, heavy objects. Like it's kind of you have to get used to like moving this thing around in the water and like understanding that. So um, yeah, honestly though it just kind of takes time and takes practice and patience and
1: um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I also think it's okay to like paddle out and just kind of watch what's going on. And you don't necessarily like have to catch a wave that day. Like I remember one time I was surfing in California with some people. And I remember I just felt really in over my head, like the waves felt really powerful. And I just was like, not con- I, I didn't feel like well in my body. I was like, this is a lot. And yeah. um, I literally just like paddled out and sat there for like an hour and just kind of watched like the flow of the lineup. Watched. I don't know. I just kind of watched. And then the afternoon went really well because you take a second to kind of settle in a little bit and then you know how everything's working
0: no for sure I think that's a great idea like I'm such a visual learner too like I want to just kind of be a fly on the wall and like understand what other people are doing and what I shouldn't be doing what I should be doing I think that's also like one of the great things about surfing is no matter what kind of day you end up having like you're in the water you're in the sun you're like you're moving your body, but you can dictate like how hard you want to go. It's such an individual sport. And like really for me, it's such a like meditative experience. And I think that's one of the things that resonated so much with me is like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up a skier and there was nothing in my life that had kind of given me that same like heart, happy, clear mind feeling. Like I had done lots of outdoor sports, but like skiing really was like it felt so good on the inside and I hadn't really felt that with anything else until I started surfing because it totally is just like I don't think about anything it's just like a space for you to be you know you can you can make any experience you want out there and that totally includes like I'm just gonna go paddle out and like chill on my board and figure this out for the first like three times Maybe I paddle for three waves and that's what I call a win. Like, That's perfect. No one else, you're just doing it for you, which I love.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there's like the sense of art too with it where you're not necessarily like burning calories and getting reps in. It's a lot more of like, what did I kind of create with what was given to me out there? And I think that's so interesting with surfing.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to just like tune in To nature, tune into like your body and um, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, A couple of lingo things I want to just like make sure we explain at some point is okay, the concept of dropping in. So, can you explain to us kind of when someone says they've been dropped in on or they're complaining about that? Can you kind of give some context to what that means?
0: Dropping in is essentially like stealing a wave. So, whether If you get dropped in on, that means you're on a wave kind of going down the line and someone in front of you on the wave kind of like hops in and like kind of cuts you off is a good way to think about it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we want to make sure, you know, once you kind of get into the practice of surfing more, uh, we'll talk about etiquette in a minute. But just wanting to be aware of your surroundings, it's really not a great look. If you're dropping in on someone, you want to be respectful and kind of let them have the wave. And yeah, you know, a lot of people will complain about being dropped in on and it just, it's just cutting off no matter if you're in traffic or on the
1: wave. Nobody likes it. Right. Right. You don't have a blinker when it comes to the wave. Right. So it's like you got to <laughs> mentally just be like, nope, that's fine. I'll get the next yeah. one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love it. Um, and then if you drop in on someone, you kind of earn the title of being a kook. So could you also explain what that is outside of like Outer Banks? Um, oh, totally. Lingo, please. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much what you don't want to be. If you get called a kook, <laughs> maybe it's a rite of passage. But um, yeah, a kook is essentially just like somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, someone who keeps dropping in, like someone who clearly, you know, maybe is is new or didn't do enough uh, preparation for being out in the water. But also, I mean, everybody is a kook at some point and it really is just about like kind of learning the right way to do things and like, you know, putting in your effort to to uncook yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. It's kind of just like where you start and then you like hopefully quickly come, come out of it. You know, like no one's born knowing how to surf, despite what some people may say. So kind of need to earn the way out of that title sometimes.
0: Yes. It's okay to be in the beginning, but you definitely don't want to be a kook for long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm just like, I can't I keep wanting to make Outer Banks jokes, but I need to be focused. Um, okay. So we've kind of hyped up these things that are a little bit intimidating. And yeah. I think with surfing and just like athletic things in general, out th- things in the outdoors in general, there are barriers to entry. I want to talk a little bit about how to navigate some of these barriers. So one of the first barriers that I just like always naturally think of is gear. So how Mm -hmm. did you kind of like work through the gear barrier?
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I think surfing is definitely a sport that has a bit of a larger upfront cost, um, which that can be intimidating. But also like when you're out there, everyone seems to have all this gear and like, seems to know all like what they're doing and i remember that feeling like very daunting to me honestly though you don't need a crazy insane board to begin with um like i said i got my board at costco i think it's honestly the best starter board there's nothing wrong with being a wave storm crusher i recommend it but just any like soft top I think is a good place. Usually they're around a hundred bucks. So for, you know, that's not the most accessible, but it's one of the things where if you can get that cost down or just, you know, like chalk it up in the beginning, you can ride that thing to the ground and um, it'll yeah, really totally. help you progress quickly. Um, yeah, but just any like soft top, mid length board, I think is the perfect jumping point. And really all you need is a bathing suit, A surfboard and a leash and you're you're set. So once you get those, don't let people convince you that you need all of these (laughs) sparkly new toys.
1: Yeah, I will say coming as someone who's still in the Midwest, um, the wetsuit is important eventually. But you're You're so right. I will say that's it's funny though because when you like in Hawaii you know like you don't really wear you don't have to wear them. So mm-hmm. but let's talk through that eventually. I think the temperature of the water is something that you may just like assume is fine because if people surf there, they're probably fine. But I, one time I I was surfing this one spot and it was so much colder than I even anticipated. And I was like physically shocked for five minutes. Yeah. And so I think that's something that you're like, let's just pause. Like how cold is not the climate, but how cold is like the water oh. you're going to be in and how long are you going to be out there for?
0: Yes. Thankfully, I will admit, I don't have to deal with that much, but you're so right. That is definitely something to consider when you're surfing you know anywhere but here pretty much
1: (laughs) yeah but that also has to do with like wax temperature too so when you wax your board right like you wax it depending on like the temperature of the water so Mm -hmm. it's like kind of two parts helpful so yeah um well we can talk about wetsuits eventually i guess they're not like i would say kind of look around at what other people are wearing there's like different thicknesses of wetsuits but um yeah, you can kind of like go into your local surf shop and kind of ask what they recommend. I think that's probably the best bet. But what do you yeah. think, Riley, for picking out what suits? Yeah,
0: I think depending on where you're surfing, I think no matter what, the best place or the best way to go about it is go into a local surf shop. They're so helpful. People are so ready to, you know, share um, whatever knowledge they have and just ask like, hey, what's what, what's the best thing for me to be doing right now? If you're Especially if you're new and like, you're not sure what kind of board you should be on or what length you should be on. Honestly, just go in and talk to somebody and they'll they'll be able to help you out. Cause it is, it is, you know, location specific for sure. So.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing that is pretty straightforward, but like the longer the board you have, like probably the easier it's going to be to catch waves. The contrary to that is like the harder it is to control those boards sometimes. So bigger is not always better i feel like sometimes they're hard to handle but i guess like that's kind of the rule of thumb is like a longer bigger board soft top two is a little bit easier to ride at first
0: yeah for sure the the longer the board and kind of the more like weight or density it has um the easier it be it'll be to catch waves the easier it'll be to just kind of like you know st- your stability on the board the first like real surfboard I got which I still have I love her I called her Marge the Barge because she was just huge and like just massive and that I think so iconic (laughs) helped me so much in the beginning Um, yeah definitely I would say when you're starting out it's it's going to save you a lot of energy if you get a little bit bigger board.
1: Yeah. And that's why it's helpful to buy like a little bit cheaper first board because it's not going to be your lifetime board, but it will help you kind of get over that hurdle so you can actually like invest in a board that might last you a little bit longer.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like I said, I started on an eight foot wave storm and I still think that's the best way to just get your feet wet. And then once you want to move up from there, I wanted to go longboard route, but You know, you can kind of go wherever, but I think anything that's, you know, eight foot and up and if you can get a soft top, I think that's the best place to start.
1: Yeah, I I have two of them in my garage right now for the amazing (laughs) surf days in Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's a thing. It's a total thing. No, it's I'm not like really the kidding that much. So I did just get my wetsuit. So I'm feeling prepped and ready. So let's talk a little bit about technique. We talked about this a little bit already, but um, tips on kind of like progressing through the really beginner phases.
0: I do think it's just like so much time, like the more time you put in it really does make a difference. But I also think it just goes along with getting yourself comfortable in the water. Like I mentioned before, it's not a natural thing for humans to be on a floating thing in the middle of the ocean or, you know, right off the beach it feels weird. You feel unstable. There's all these waves coming at you. And you're like, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I think if you can just, yeah, I'm good, actually. (laughs) If you can just, um, you know, stay consistent and, and paddle out and feel how your body feels with the board under you feel how it feels to paddle. Um, Honestly, I don't even suggest like trying to stand up right away. Just like, you know, get yourself on a wave, understand what that, that like momentum and that push of the wave feels like, then, um, once you kind of figure that out, it's a, you know, a great middle step to kind of like, you know, get, get on your knees, um, kind of like, you know, you can do kind of like an upward dog pose on the board, just like feel it out. It's going to feel clunky. It's going to feel awkward, but not for long, you know, if you're consistent with it and just, um, yeah kind of keep going out i think that's the biggest thing the more comfortable you'll get the you know the bigger the waves you might want to try the pop up is something that's great to like practice on the beach practice in your room just like getting that muscle memory of like putting your uh, you know your leading foot out kind of you want to be in kind of like a low stance so knees bent arms out shoulders and head facing the direction that you want to be at. Um, yeah, and that's just kind of the first step. And, again, it just takes time to kind of get your body to understand what's happening. Um, once you move from there, you know, you can start um, kind of going diagonal down the wave, like following the wave and moving through it. And then, you know, like once you kind of understand a little bit about how to, like, position yourself and you know again it's a lot in your shoulders so it's like kind of the same thing with skiing or snowboarding or anything where you're like you know you're getting pushed where you stand with your shoulders and your head is going to dictate where your body goes and then turning that can come after that um, it does depend on what type of board you're on but um, it, it kind of I think once you are watching people once you're seeing what other people are doing I watched a lot of videos that was super helpful. YouTube university was instrumental in me kind of like figuring out what I was supposed to be doing. There's so many great resources. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But don't start small. And
1: I also think pressure on yourself. Yeah. That's literally what I was going to say. So go ahead. Yeah. Start small.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think low expectations, like it should be fun. It shouldn't be something that like, is super stressful and, like, you're getting super down on yourself. Like I said, it's, you know, it's for you. And unless you're, like, you know, competing in these insane comps, like, this is just this time for you to, like, have fun in the water and you're doing this for, for enjoyment. So be easy with yourself in the beginning. It's it's so frustrating. I totally get it. Um, but everyone starts there. So just keep that in mind.
1: Right. Yeah, and I don't think we've mentioned this before, and I suppose this is kind of in the gear category, but a lot of people use Surfline to check either find spots or check um, like the forecast for that day. And so, like some of these like really renowned surf spots will have cameras where you can watch like the like look at the surf for that day. And I used to like watch that once in a while and just see like how do the crowds change on like a two to three foot day versus like a four to five foot day. Um, And I really liked that because I could, even though I'm not there, like I'm not out west that often, I can still kind of like not study. That's not the right word. But like I can still kind of like observe what's going on and just have a sense for like how the height of the wave changes like the day and the experience and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I use Surfline every day. It's a great resource. And, um, having the cameras on certain breaks is super helpful. I've done the same, like, you know, trying to understand how the tide changes the waves and the wind direction. And, you know, you can get so technical with it. Um, but yeah, that's a, I used to do that all the time. Just go and like we said just watch kind of what's happening and trying to better understand it that way um, but I definitely think you know in the beginning you want to you want to be aware of what you're walking into so checking the waves checking the height making sure you're not putting yourself in a situation that is maybe going to push mm-hmm. it too far um, yeah you have to kind of have a lot of respect for for the ocean because you realize sometimes how powerful it really is and I think that's one of the things that that comes with Progressing and with learning how to surf is um having a, a lot of respect for for the conditions for sure.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think um different places in the world have different power of the waves, and you can actually like look that number up. But I think it it's besides the point, I guess the point we're trying to make is you're you need to be safe and like take care of yourself and other people out there. So just like Two to three feet may sound small, but like that can be a really big day if you've never surfed a three foot wave.
0: Yeah. Two to three feet is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Um, The other thing I wanted to say was I was just in Duluth over the weekend. So that is kind of a surf city like on Lake Superior. And we wanted to kind of like see what the spots were that people were surfing. And so obviously not every single spot is on Surfline, but we were able to like go without the surf shop was closed the days we were there. So we were able to like go and check out, like just drive to the different spots. And that was really fun because like we would have probably never known that. So that's also a fun way if you're in a city to just like go tour around the city. You can kind of look at like the spots that are there.
0: Yeah, your little surf tour.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: awesome.
1: so fun. Yeah, okay. So let's talk a little bit about etiquette. We've touched on this a little bit. So I think etiquette and localism have... um two really important variables in your experience surfing. So you can have the gear, you can have even the technique, but if you don't have the etiquette and if you don't respect or like handle localism well, you're like you're going to have a bad day out there. So Riley, can you kind of talk us through etiquette and like how you learned it and things that were important for you to learn?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think being in Hawaii, it's it comes with its own lessons in etiquette and its own history. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but just anywhere you are, I think, you know, having surf surf etiquette is huge. Um, You want to be respectful to the people that are out there. You want to be, you know, you can like, you know, get your waves and, you know, be confident and, and, you know, you can like kind of stake your claim in that spot, but it's, especially when you're beginning, it's really important to kind of be aware and respectful of all the other people that are out there. Um, you want to make a good impression, especially if you're going to be there a lot. You're going to see the same people. You're going to run into the to the same, you know, handful of surfers that are out there. And that's the best part. You know, you once you kind of like make, see some familiar faces and have surf buddies and like, you know, get a little community, that's a huge part of surfing and surf culture and something that really doesn't happen if you have poor surf etiquette or if you're just a jerk in the water, nobody's going to want to like chat with you and like be like, oh, hey, like that was a really good wave or oh, you know, I noticed that you could do this, whatever. Um, So what is surfing etiquette, right? Like what does that mean? Um, Like I said, you know, we talked about dropping in. If you're paddling for a wave it can be frustrating, especially if the waves aren't that good. And like you, you want, you see a good one coming and you want it. If you're paddling for it and you see someone coming in down the line, that's already on the wave, you got to give that one up to them. Like they, they got it. They were in the right spot. You don't want to be the one that's dropping in on everybody. Like I said before, kind of like once you get a wave and not to say that party waves aren't great. I think you kind of have to feel out the vibe of where you're surfing and like Surfing with friends is is the best. And, like, when I'm doing that, it's, like, party waves all day. And, like, this is all just very, like, case by case. But just as a general rule, you don't want to be dropping in on people. You don't want to be paddling back out directly in the middle of where the waves are breaking. You want to paddle out on the outside, kind of, like, go out and around. Pretty much it. You'll kind of feel the tension a little bit if someone out there isn't surfing with proper etiquette or is just kind of being a little pushy or aggressive. um, It's pretty palpable. And so just doing what you can to share the waves, don't drop in on people. And, you know, the more you educate yourself, too, I think the better people are able to recognize that and like see that. Um, And yeah, it's just a good you want to make a good impression no matter what you're doing, whether it's surfing or running or skiing. You know, It's the same Across yeah, the board.
1: exactly. It's easy to beat yourself up. Um, I'm a perfectionist, or I like try not to be, but I just kind of am. So it's easy to like really beat yourself up and then shut down if you make a mistake. But I think it's the idea that like you can make a mistake and then learn from it. Like, don't let that mistake go away. Like, don't be too embarrassed to not learn from that mistake. Um, I think that's something I really struggled with was like oh my god I screwed up and then you just like black it out of your brain but in reality you just need to like think about it and be like what did I do wrong okay like no worries we'll just try again next time and hopefully it doesn't happen you know like you're more aware of it then
0: well also like literally everybody makes mistakes and like you're you're yeah, going 100%. to make mistakes like this is not about being like this like, you don't want to – it's not about, like, rigidity or, like, you have to be, like, on edge all the time when you're on the right. lineup. Like, that's not it at all. People are going to make mistakes. I've made so many mistakes. Like, it totally is just about being, like, oh, okay, like, ooh, I just got kind of, like, yipped at. Like, what what was that about? Or what was I doing that I maybe wasn't even aware? And, like, oh, okay, like, won't do that again. Or, like, you know, if I, if I drop in on someone – because it happens. Like, you know, even – even if you think you're you're good like people can kind of come out of nowhere especially if you're surfing at a pretty popular break some of the like some of the breaks i surf here there's so many people it's like chaos if you drop in on somebody like it happens just like you know when you paddle back out be like hey like sorry i didn't you know just like didn't mean to do that, right. or you know, my bad. Like that goes a long way. But yeah, it's gonna happen, and it's fine. Just kind of like being being polite, being respectful, just being a good person. I think translates so much. It's really all, really all yeah. you have to
1: do. Yeah, I love that. We could just end it there. Being a good person is like, yeah, you just <laughs> that will get you a long ways, no matter where, if you're aquatic or not. You know. Um, yeah. Okay, so we talked about getting chirped out a little bit. So let's talk about the thing that's kind of out of your control when you're at like a break or something. So localism. Um, We've talked about this a little bit already, but like because surfing is like a supply demand thing, there's a supply of waves and the demand is high. There can be a lot of different energies in the lineup. And so I want To hear your perspective on localism and also how like being in Hawaii with such a rich history of surfing, how that is a little bit different than like other spots in the world.
0: Something that came along with my experience in learning how to surf and understanding surf etiquette, it's really hand in hand with like understanding like Hawaiian culture and the history of Hawaii or the history of surfing here. Um so I mean surfing originated in Hawaii. Um, And it's an amazing opportunity to to be able to surf at these breaks and, you know, like share these waves. I think think it just is uh, even more important to be respectful here, especially as, you know, someone who is from Wisconsin who moved here during COVID. Like those are big things that a lot of people are, are frustrated about, you know, in the past couple of years of of Hawaii's history and again, like whether you're in Hawaii or California or Wisconsin, there's going to be people that are like extreme hardos in the water that are like sending it and like have huge personalities. That's fine. Um but I think in Hawaii it does go a little bit deeper. Um, like I said, showing respect is the biggest thing, showing respect for the uncles and the aunties out on the water who have been surfing here since they were kids, showing respect for the land the I like the, the energy that's in the water is such a huge component to Hawaiian history. And it, they're so connected to, to the land, to the water, to everything that that carries for them. And just being like aware of that that super rich history. And like, um, like I mentioned before with surfing originating in Hawaii, it's a really special feeling to be able to surf the same breaks as like many legends in the past. Um, but just acknowledging that the history of the Hawaiian people and the Hawaiian islands has been a bit of a tumultuous one and Hawaii was taken from its people and, Like I said, I'm incredibly grateful to be able to share the beauty of Hawaii, but it's not my home. And I think showing respect for the traditions of surfing is also showing respect and acknowledging the history that comes along with it. So
1: yeah, I think that's so well said. And I like the first thing I wanted to say with this podcast was like, we are two white women who like don't we're, we're not from Hawaii, obviously. And so, and because of that, we're kind of learning, there's so much more history to it than we're acknowledging. And so I think if we can kind of learn about the history before us, it makes us better stewards going forward. And so I think just taking some time to maybe like educate yourself on like a, the history of surfing. And then also if you're in Hawaii, like history of the Hawaiian islands or wherever you are, I mean, there's like rampant colonialism everywhere. But the point I'm trying to make is I think you are so right in saying it goes deeper than just like a grouchy old white man, like at the lineup, that's kind of chirping you. I think, especially in Hawaii, there's so much more to it. And so I think just like pause, take a minute. Riley and I are not like, we're not the right people to be telling these stories. But I do think it's important to like acknowledge that there's so much more history to it than just renting a surfboard and paddling out. There's so much simplicity in the sport. But that's only because we're not acknowledging, like, the greater depth that is, like, underneath everything. Okay, so um, do you have anything else to add about localism or, like, history of surfing before we move on?
0: Um, I do have a pretty funny story about the first time that I surfed here. Yeah,
1: we got to hear it.
0: (laughs) And this is one of those things that, like, cracks me up now because just understanding what was actually happening 20 like <laughs> hindsight is 2020 20, but the first time I surfed here um it was Thanksgiving morning and Haley and I who is my you know one of my best friends that I moved out here with we like I said our two Wisconsin girls we do not know what we're doing. Um, She had a friend, like an old coworker who, his name is Rick. He's been awesome. Him and his wife, Lisa, have like been our little island parents out here. But he was like, okay, like, you know, come with me. I'll take you girls out, kind of show you the ropes. He surfs Dawn Patrol, which is 6 a.m. sunrise surf and I am not a morning person by any means, but I'm like, we are here to surf. This is what we're doing. (laughs) We are going to do it. Um, Like I said, Haley and I both bought Wave Storms from Costco, I think the day before this. So they're brand new. Um, We put them on top of her 2005 Toyota Corolla and we leave the house at 530 in the dark and we just go to his location that he sent. We're like super excited, also very nervous because he has been living here for years. Um, He has been surfing at this spot for a very long time. And he I think he's from Tennessee or something. So he's this white guy, too. But the people he surfs with are like this kind of like hardcore group of uncles, which. I didn't know prior to this. Um, and uncle is just kind of like a term for like a, like the polite way to address any like local um, kind of like a parent or, you know, anyone a little older than you. Um, so we show up in the dark to the spot that's not really a beginner spot. Um, and we show up to the parking lot in the dark and Haley and I still have the plastic wrap on our wave storms. We have not even no taken it off. We have not even taken off the wrapping we our fins are not screwed in we didn't bring a single piece of wax and we show up like rinkity dinkity in this parking lot and thankfully you know because it's a group of of local guys who grew up surfing here and surf here every morning and you know get up at the crack of dawn to start their day with the same group of people every day so I was very intimidated obviously and we show up and like immediately they're kind of like giving us these looks of like what are you doing here you should not be here like who are these two girls over here and then you know thankfully Rick comes over and like gives us a big hug and he's like hey let me introduce you to all the guys and um, everyone was so sweet and so nice but I was shaking once I kind of like saw the scene and realized kind of like what I had gotten myself into. And they were the sweetest. I still you know, we still surf with a lot of these uncles now and like they were so kind and so generous and we're like, oh my god all right, like, okay girls, come over. Like, God, you still have the wrapping. Like, come on. Like they like, you know, totally set us up. They wax up our boards. It's still like before sunrise and then we all go out and They were just, like, the sweetest, most kind and gracious people out in the water, like, ignoring our complete kookness. Like, and and I'm not even kidding. This is one of those things we're looking back now, like, surfing Dawn Patrol at Kaisers. It is a local kind of aggro group. And, like, (laughs) when I tell people this story of, like, the first time I surfed, you know, was Dawn Patrol Kaisers. They're, like what were you thinking? Like, what were you doing? Like, why were you there? And um, and I'm just so, you know, so thankful. And I think it speaks to, you know, kind of maybe some of the things we've been talking about, like etiquette or like localism or like it can kind of feel like scary or daunting or like you don't want to mess up or like it kind of, yeah. I feel like maybe we've been speaking and speaking about it in a way that's like you should be, you have to be like exactly right all the time. And I think this was just such a great example of like surfing is really just about people enjoying themselves and like connecting. And if you, if you show up and you're like, Oh my God, like love what you're doing. Wish I could do that. How do I get there? And you like show a little bit of, (laughs) you know, like self-awareness and, and uh, it's just people. People are so kind, and people are wanting to help you and and share the stoke because people people feel it the same. So it's really such a great way to connect with yourself, connect with Mother Nature, connect with the people in your community. And there's so much like love and joy in the sport, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a story that I think back on, and I'm like, oh my god, what. I can't imagine being someone else, like, watching this happen, being like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, like, those from guys-
1: the outside, like, yeah. Hu- yeah, like, third person. Yeah. They're like, these girls are going to get <laughs> kicked out of the water. <laughs> it's insane. So Riley. Yeah. I've never heard that story. And maybe I've heard it, like, in bits and pieces, but that is so funny. Like, the plastic yeah. wrap, that is the funniest oh God, part to wow. me. That's so funny. <laughs> oh that's so good yeah right and if you're just kind of like great yeah because now you like actually surf with these people all the time and it's like no worries but that is such a good point that like yeah it's you're not perfect that's the whole point of this whole like no just stop trying to be perfect and just show up as you are and be kind about it and just laugh about it later
0: yeah yeah we like I've like you know obviously they were all in probably their 50s 40s to 60s and like we'll have like dinner parties together now like it's it's such a great <laughs> such a great group of people, but such a very funny that's, introduction. So, that's yeah.
1: insanely funny, oh my god. Oh, I love that I will never forget not that we need to keep telling ridiculous stories, but I will never forget uh, so like Riley and I lived together in college with our other friend Maddie, who did our intro to skiing episode and Maddie and I paddled out one day. We had no idea what we were doing. I mean, I honestly I still don't that much, but she we really didn't. And um I was like, "Maddie, let's go. It's fine. We have nothing to lose. Let's let's rip it." And Maddie forgot to put sunscreen on her butt. And um when you surf, I don't know, a lot happens. Like it your swim bottoms go like crazy and like we're two Wisconsin white girls that just have no idea what's going on and maddie burned her butt so bad i had to like rub aloe on it for like four days after because like when she was surfing she was like laying on her board and her swim bottoms like rode up and then it just like literally singed her ass and i remember maddie being like i really didn't expect that to be the problem (laughs) you guys did
0: awesome when you were out. that was much fun taking you guys out
1: uh, it was it was something um (laughs) Okay, so we've t- <laughs> we've talked a little bit about, like, things, like, people as factors. I kind of want to talk a little bit about, like, just the ocean being a scary place. And, like, let's just acknowledge that it can be really scary. Um, how do you, like, deal with the mental aspect of, like, being in the ocean and, like, being with, um, like, potentially, like, animals that are scary and, you know, you know all the classic things? Like, how do you kind of think through that stuff?
0: Yeah, um, I think definitely it like can be a little scary. I was a little freaked out by it at first. Um, but I do kind of think like if you're comfortable and you're calm and you're at peace, like that's going to translate to whatever's around you. Um, so I, I just kind of try to like be, be aware and be present, but also, you know, be, be chill. They'll be chill. There's, um, you know, usually where people are surfing, there's not like too many animals or creatures around you because they don't want to really be around us. And if there's kind of all this commotion, like they want to get out of there too. Um, so just trying to remind yourself that, you know, you're around other people. Once you get comfortable with a spot too, like I think that helps a lot. Um, but it is, you know, the ocean can be for sure scary. And I think no matter where you're surfing, like the power of the water can be kind of scary. And like I said, we're, we're not supposed to be, we're land people. <laughs> it feels uncomfy and awkward <laughs> for us to be in the water. So I think just like, you know, doing some like practicing your breathing is one thing that I think can be really helpful. Um, just trying to like talk to yourself, be like, hey, you're fine. Like it's, it's so much fun, like surfing. Like here, there's a lot of sea turtles. There's a lot of like little things that like are harmless and will pop up and if you know maybe it's your first time surfing here or you're not used to it like you're like oh my god like (laughs) what is this thing coming up right next to me but and then it's just like this cute little you know just little turtle guy right next to you and I think just kind of like understanding that you are in their space this is not your space they have every right to be there just as much as you do but also things are not gonna you're not people people are loud people are splashing they want to get out of there so usually you're you're pretty fine
1: i love the word we're land people that's just going <laughs> to stick with me for a little bit it's so true though it's like not water people we're Maybe. land people that's funny it's giving like have you seen have you seen barbie where ken's like i beach that's what Maybe. i do
0: yeah yeah <laughs> My job is beach.
1: Okay. So one thing that I really struggle with, with surfing, is that I don't have the best access in the whole world to really high quality surfing. So like, I'll be on vacation or I'll be somewhere for a couple of weeks and then I'm kind of out of there. Do you have any advice for someone wanting to pursue it but maybe doesn't have the best access?
0: Even in Wisconsin, where people are shocked that there's, you know, a surfing community, I think you'd be surprised on the amount of unlikely surfing communities there are. If you live somewhere relatively close to the water, chances are there's some clubs or, like, Facebook groups that you can get involved in or just find, like, minded people who are down to, like, kind of make it an adventure and kind of do a little bit of a of a day trip or, like, you know, willing to carpool out to a break. Um, if you don't live anywhere close to a break but are stoked on it, I think – um, you can grab some friends and like make a road trip out of it. Also, there's like so many if you once you get to a spot, I think there's so many like hostels near popular surfing areas or like great communities where people are so down to like experience it together, all kinds of skill sets, just like sharing the experience. Um, Again, that's not realistic for everybody. I think one way that like even before I started surfing, when I was back still in Wisconsin, like I just kind of wanted to like, I just liked the energy that it gave off and just like liked watching it happen and like kind of be a part of it. So like, I really think that like watching docs and like surf films and like just kind of like being in that like state of mind that sounds so like silly, but like so much of like surfing, I think, is just like connecting with your community and like enjoying nature. And I think no matter what you're doing, that's kind of the the same thread that throws that flows through a lot of different communities and activities. So even if it's not the most accessible now, like try to make it happen if you can like try to plan out it ahead of time and like get some buddies that are down to like experience it with you and then that makes it just so much more fun too because then you have like you're just like stoked on it together
1: yeah I love that I think one thing that's really helped us is um there's a surf rider foundation so that's like the overarching kind of like yeah, nonprofit. profit actually yeah What that's yeah so cool. There's a really nice chapter, um, kind of like in the Midwest, Great Lakes, and then also just in like Milwaukee and stuff. And so I don't like do it. T- I would like to do more volunteering with them, but they always have something going on. So whether it's like a beach cleanup during an off season or like just a cookout or something, look for at the Surfrider Foundation and see if there's any chapters near you. Um, their whole idea and mission is to like help protect the world's oceans and like beaches and stuff. So, it's a really cool um place. So, if even if you're kind of landlocked, who knows like there might be a cool kind of like one-off chapter or something. And then the other thing I wanted to recommend is I really enjoyed reading um Barbarian Days by William Finnegan. That's like a really nice book that's like not so much like, I don't know, it's just a, it's a great read and like if you're not anywhere close to waves, it will get you really stoked and it's a it's a thick one, so you have some time to read it. <laughs>
0: That's a good road trip book when you're like, yeah, yeah getting, I actually
1: up. did the audio book, which is so funny because I would like listen to it while I was like working at school. I was like, these are my two lives right now. So opposite. Yeah. But um, yeah, kind of fun. Okay. So Riley, we've talked about like funny things about surfing, but like, and then we don't need to get too deeper serious with this at all. But like, what are some things that you look back and be like, wow, surfing really taught me like this thing?
0: Yeah, like I kind of touched on before, I think it, like, taught me so much humility. Like, when you're surfing, when you're starting out, and I was 20, you know, 23 when I started surfing, so, like, oh, you know, I was fully formed, (laughs) and there's, like, these kids that are, you know... you're not 12. (laughs) Six, right, like, six next to me that are just, like, shredding waves, and I'm like, oh, my God. It taught me so much humility and I think it kind of forced me to like not take myself so seriously and just like take a step back and be like, okay, like this is – I am not good at this and I'm a little bit of a competitive person. I don't love not being good at things as you may know, Caroline, but it was like such – you just have to like release into it and that was like something that I ended up having so much fun with because – I feel like there's not a lot of times when you pick up new hobbies. Well, that's like, you know, what this whole podcast is about, like making these things seem less daunting and less like more accessible I and mean, being like it is so okay to like be an adult and like want to try out all of these different sports and like it's celebrated and you should and like you learn like you just have to laugh with it and like it's okay to be not the best at something in the beginning. And, um, that was something that in the beginning was uncomfortable for me, but ended up being like something I'm so grateful for because I think it really was like a test in patience and humility and something that I think I carry through now.
1: (laughs) I love that you said, Hey, that was beautiful. I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm not just going to blow right through it. Um, that was really well said and I could not co-sign that more. That's like so perfect it's also like totally okay to be bad at it. Like at the end, like you said, it's it's okay yeah. to be bad at it at the beginning. And I know you mean this. And it's like, that's the whole point. It's like, you don't ever really have to be like good at it. You don't, you know, like we're not in this phase where we're like monetizing. We're not going to be a professional athlete. And even if you are whatever, but like, it it just like, you don't need to be the best and that's totally fine. And honestly, it's really freeing to feel that way.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I am like, by no means, like I said, two to three feet is perfect. I oh, love. stop
1: underselling <laughs> yourself. So- yeah.
0: <laughs> Get out of here.
1: No, Get out of here.
0: <laughs> like you're doing it not to be the best. You're doing it because it's something that's fun. And, uh, Right.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Riley, I want to talk a little bit about like what things you have coming up that you're super stoked on.
0: Yeah, well actually recently I just got a big girl board, which I've been calling it, which was so exciting. I just got a new surfboard from a local shaper, which has been so amazing. And this has kind of been like my first like big step up in since beginning to surf. So I've been super excited about that. I'm also really looking forward to November. I'm going to do a surf trip in Bali, which has been something that I didn't ever think what I would say, but I'm so excited for it. Um, And yeah, we're going to be in Uluwatu surfing, which is crazy because I've watched so many videos of it. And um, yeah, I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) That's going to be so sick. Oh, my (laughs) God. I feel like are you guys going for like three? How long are you going for?
0: We're going for like two weeks um, and we're going to do kind of like half of it. um, Yeah, like jungle and then half of it, you know, a little little surf trip um, on the beach, which I'm super stoked. I also like definitely think, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to like see what the waves are like there and kind of see what it's like surfing somewhere else because my entire, you know, I've only surfed in Hawaii really. And um, I'm excited to kind of, Yeah. Stretch what I know and get out of my comfort zone a little bit. So I'm really excited. For That's that.
1: gonna be so cool. That's yeah. so interesting that you said that. Like you really haven't had to like explore new places because I'm like literally the exact opposite. I've never had like, well, I would say Milwaukee, but I've taken a little time off, I guess. But that doesn't super count because Milwaukee, everyone's so beyond nice and like so helpful, and so I feel like I have just honestly bopped around so many different places that I feel like always a visitor, and so. That's like so fun that you guys are going to take like an amazing, awesome surf trip that's going to be so cool. Riley, thank you so much for just like really talking us through a lot of that. I feel like it's really easy to just be here and be like, "Oh, just try it, you know whatever." But I feel like you did a really nice job, like kind of articulating some of the nuances that are hard with this. So we really appreciate it over here.
0: Thank you. I'm so thankful to be on the podcast and be chatting about it. And yeah, hopefully, I'll get you guys back over to me soon and we can have a little surf date.
1: You can find us at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok and InhernaturePod at gmail.com. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. Music by Tommy Zaluski and the Porch Flowers. All our design work is by Riley Johnson at R E J Design. Don't forget the stuff is in your nature.